What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the All-Star Comics Podcast, powered by Horizon Comics. I am your host, Jonathan Cote, and joining me on the panel tonight are... Dusty. Roger. Kayla. And not producing, as always, is Johnny Morales tonight. Mm -hmm. He's filling in for Matt. Hey, hey, Matt, look at me. I'm the producer now. (laughs) Nobody could hear that. Nobody can hear that. (laughs) Matt's still here. He's he's being Johnny's guardian angel at the Mm -hmm, moment. mm -hmm. So in case he screws something up, which he inevitably will. Um... If for anybody that's ever listened to this, never listened to this co- uh, episode before or this show before, we are a spoiler podcast, so be warned. We're going to spoil the crap out of some books. The books we typically review are a DC book, a Marvel book, and an independent book of some sort, usually from Image. Uh, we're going to do some news, some trivia. Do we have trivia tonight? My God. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing we're, we're going to do, we're going to do this it. on the fly. Do what we, All right. Matt, get Thor. trivia. Find Thor, Thor trivia. trivia. Thor trivia. <laughs> Um. Anyway, I'm glad we thought of that right now. Uh, we're gonna do some questions, I think. Later, it's been a week. It's been a week. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this will probably be a short episode, just so everybody knows. It's been a week. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, Roger. Well, yeah. Well, uh, let me get the news out of the way because. Oh, let's just address that. Uh, anyway. Oh well, number one, number one. Thank you to Heather DePaz. Yay, for providing us with a uh, a file of episode sixty five, I started to lose a little hope. If anything, um, it would have been Heather. So I, I know mm. I, she boy, she takes care of me good. Um, <laughs> so yeah, she uh, she found and and uh, provided a, a file of episode sixty five for us. So if anybody has uh, two episode sixty sixes back to back, just try and re download episode sixty five, and you should be good. Um, so thank you very much uh, for that, Heather. And the second bit of news is um, a lot of you may have gotten a email from Comixology um, stating that they're going to be ending their uh, pull service Jerks. through comic shops. Awesome. Um, we found out we found out the day before when they canceled our auto pay. For the service. That's how we found out. Nice. Terrible. Yeah. So, and it took, it took me a half a day to get, get, you know, in contact with them. How sick of like hearing about like what you were going to do about comiXology were you by the end of the day? Because I'm sure everybody probably messaged you around the same time. Yeah. Well, us included. included. (laughs) Because I was like, Roger. I I mean, we we weren't completely inundated, but. But there were plenty of questions, and, <laughs> and the most common is, why would they do that? And I'm like, Cause I don't know. Because they screw up everything else. Yeah. Um, like, let's be real. Like, as They suck like diamonds. Yeah. As convenient as it is, is having the pull list online where you can pull your books. It's not like they were, like, great at what they did. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they were just the only the game in town that did, it. That, that did it that way and made it, you know, made it easy. Um, but I want... Problems. Yeah, I want everyone to just not worry about it. Nothing is going to change for uh, the next four to six months. Um, you'll still have your normal frustrations with <laughs> dropped issues and pulled uh, variants that you didn't want. Yeah, so um, that that won't change. Uh, at some point in the next few months, we're going to invest in a new. Uh, point of sale system that will be integrated with Diamond and we'll be able to handle pulls. Um, at that point, we'll we'll export everybody's pull list into that system, and then after that, uh, you know, when when that happens, I'll let everybody know. And after that, you're just gonna have to come see me 
about changes to your pull list. Uh, so, and, you know, we can do that in person. We can do it by email, text, uh, something like that. Whatever but method that's of still, communication. That's still four to Smoke six signals. months off. Smoke signals will mm-hmm. work. Um, but don't don't worry about anything yet. Nothing's going to change for, for a little bit. Well, keep talking. Tell us about the DC book. Okay. Uh, Dark Knight's uh, Batman the Drowned, number one, by Dan Abnett, art by, is that Philip Tan? Yep, Philip Tan, okay. and then briefly in the middle, Tyler Kirkham. And it okay. didn't credit him. Johnny, it didn't credit him producing. on the cover. It didn't credit him on the yeah, cover. Yeah, you're not it Mike, Johnny. Uh, Only because Matt didn't give me a mic. Okay. There was so, a reason for that. Um, as I suspected from the gender-swapped Earth-11, yep. we we find Bryce well, Wayne. negative 11, right? Ne- yeah, in this case, negative 11. Um which is kind of weird because I thought that they were one off. I thought it was going to be negative twelve. I, I'm just rolling with it, yep. so I don't. I don't really care. It's comics, but we find we find Bryce Wayne, and, Bryce Wayne, and her her world. Uh, she's the Batwoman of of Earth negative eleven. Uh, her her world is under siege by the Atlanteans, and in order to to fend them off and adapt, she, un, you know, she self undergoes genetic modifications, modifications. and uh, becomes a sea dwelling, drowned Batman, dark water controlling powerhouse. Yeah, and uh, once again gets recruited by the, the Batman. Batman who laughs. That's so, this book. Yeah. Yeah. So fun, fun little uh, fact here. The name of this now they've all typically gone for like metal titles. This is the first one that doesn't. It's called the Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, and I was like, that has to be like a deep cut to something. And it is the longest poem, I guess, written by an English. Yep. It's a really long. Yeah. Poem. It's English so long. Uh, poet. Okay. So, and it's about. Like basically the the whole phrase like hang the albatross around your neck like kind of that's where that came from was that poem like the bad luck the bad omen like all that so kind of a little bit of uh, a tie into the theme of the book like she shows up bad luck's coming nice so the one issue that I have with this book is you know this uh, Batman is is a tech guy you know he likes his toys and stuff and he's into you know, the, the science behind everything and does so in this one too. undergoes genetic modification, um, to fight the Atlanteans on their own turf. Mm-hmm. But when you get into the dark water stuff that she throws she, up, she's basically hurling dark water, like enough to drown stuff, the cities yeah. enough to drown cities. Mm-hmm. And, that to me seems like there there's a supernatural aspect to that that really this the story had no foundation for I mean, for me if they were messing if she used atlantean tech it would make sense because their tech is somewhat magic based also yeah but you're right they didn't explain it very well they they used there was a what is it a some hybrid creature that she used to splice the dna right 
Mm-hmm. How do you know she didn't fish the water through her gills? Like suck it. In. Nobody's saying that the water has to be expelled from her. You could take it where she could just funnel the water through, and it just exited her mouth for direction. Like that's a possibility. Well, and then like this, it'd have to be coming from her feet. She'd have to be sucking it in from her feet. Well, I don't know what she's got <laughs> under her boots. Do you? Well, probably not gills. I guess, I guess if you look at well, the that, realm of comic books, like it, to get too picky, it's like. Mm. But there, there is a magic element to the dark water because it transforms. Yeah. Uh, Mira, um, it it has these weird, funky, demon-like things coming out of it. Like it's. It, yeah, and well, um, Arthur, like Arthur, and Mira on. Our Earth. Uh, on Earth Prime knew what that was. Yeah. So I mean, I just took it as a given that that was something Atlantean from thing. the you know uh, Atlantean lore that they were well versed in. Yeah. So I because forgot. Mira got t- Mira, Earth Prime, Mira got turned. Yeah. So that's that's oh, yeah. gonna have to be fixed later. <laughs> like Arthur's gonna have to get get even for that. Um. And the way Scott Snyder described this was um, Bruce Wayne's fear of, like, a cataclysm. Uh, or I, I guess I should say Bryce Wayne's fear of, like, a cataclysm. Well, no, it would be a mirror of Bruce, wouldn't it? Yeah, that was the whole point yeah. of the Dark Knights. Yeah. So, um, you know, fear of a cataclysm. So her turning into this, you know, because they were she was afraid that Atlantis was going to, like, you know, take over everything and drown it all as right, it was. Right, that the entire planet yeah. would be drowned. Submerged. And she ended up doing the same thing anyway, which I thought was nice little twist. So, um, how's the art? The art is good. Um, Philip Tan is. I feel like he changed up. So, I don't know how to articulate it well. I feel like he changed something up on this. Like you could tell it's him, but I don't know if it's the coloring or the inking, but it, it doesn't look exactly like some of his stuff that I've seen before. It could just be me. Mm. <laughs> like, and then Tyler Kirkham shows up briefly for a couple pages. And you should have heard the rage coming from Johnny when he read that part. I would expect no less. I put the book it, was, down. it was very extreme, and I didn't even notice there was a difference. Kayla, Kayla, Kayla. I, no, I don't pay that much attention. Dear Lord. Anyway, what do you that think, bad. Dusty? Um, I like the art. I like the concept of the story. I, I will say the book at least pulled me along as I was reading it. Like I wanted to turn the page and see what happened next. But as far as being like, oh my God, as good as like Dawnbreaker or some of the others we read, this is not. Now, if this, like, I'm just going to look at this as like, this is part of an, a, like this is a chapter of a full book that's eventually going to come together and when you read the whole thing through i don't think it's going to be as bad as if you're waiting for it for a month yeah and well you're like Ugh. this this is just a brief history of this particular dark knight and then we get a brief little thing of how it's tying into what's eventually going to be the the showdown with the justice league so um you're right. It's not as strong as something like Dawnbreaker because Dawnbreaker was just that was off the hook. No. Oh, yeah. that was so good. That one might be my favorite out of the Dark Knight so far. Really good. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, um, Dawnbreaker and Red Death. Red Death are but yep. Murder Machine yes. also was hard, Murder Machine was really good. Uh, a little bit. Uh, it, it's tough because those three are really good. Yeah. So 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 back on the drowned. The the art was amazing. 
I, again, I love it. I mean, you're getting you're getting a very cool looking cover for four dollars. It's amazing. Yep, uh, foil. So even if the story was just kind of mediocre based on what we've seen so far, I'm not going to say it was bad. And then with the art, it was still, it was entertaining. It was cool. I wouldn't be disappointed if I bought this book. I'm not going to say it's yeah, the I wouldn't best, either. but I definitely wouldn't I be disappointed. I wouldn't be disappointed either. I, I mean, I liked no. it. There, yeah. the, I did too. It's it, The only reason it's kind of like, oh, it's just because when you read Dawnbreaker from last week, you're just like, oh This could have been the first one and then make it better from there. Yeah. But don't do, like, don't come out with guns blazing <laughs> and then drop your pistol halfway through the fight and then try to reach for it again. So we'll see. I wish I had a microphone. Yeah. I know, Johnny. Just just die a little just inside as we produce, go. Man, just, just produce, man. Just produce. Just be sad. <laughs> and Matt's sitting drooling Try over to just the do the job that you're covers. given. It's so nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, trivia, I, I mean, I dug it. I think uh, Scott Snyder described the drowned as a Jules Verne pirate. Like, okay. I could see it. Pirate zombie, ocean zombie, something like that. I forgot the exact Definitely word. Definitely ocean zombie. Um, I, I mean, I like Bryce, uh, Bryce Wayne. Um, it's it's an interesting take on Bruce, you know. Like oh, I'd be, the whole, I read more about Bryce. So yeah, it was fun. I I mean, I, there's been no really bad books out of the whole metal thing yet. All the tie-ins and all that. So I would um, agree with that. But anyway, Kayla, anything you want to add? A lot of the three metal books I've read. This one's pretty good. Yeah. Sorry, I haven't read them all yet. Did you read them. the main series or just the tie-ins? I've read the first of the main series. Oh, Lord. And I read one of the other tie-ins. Oh, Lord. Okay. We're, <laughs> I that's know. Better than, that's I'm better behind. than nothing. Then what did you like I'm about slowly this catching up. Not knowing I'm anything slowly about. catching up. Yeah, what, what did you well, like about this? Well, as far this? as I know, these are like telling us about the Dark Knights yeah, and they're how one they're coming shots. up. They're just basically that, which I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good little backstory for the characters that are coming up. I like that they're putting these out and showing us a little bit more about these guys instead yeah, of just right, here's a bunch of guys to, to fight yeah yep. so it's well not you know just... the story sometimes is only as good as the villain so yeah. and if they're all going to be based off some weird perverted version of bruce wayne you gotta have some you better story. give us something other than like these are parallel bruce waynes from the dark multiverse you here's know, a bunch so. of evil batman's fight yeah. <laughs> so um roger anything else you want to nope. rate it what's your um, star three stars three yeah cool I liked it. Three and a half. It was good. Dusty? Uh, I would have to go with three and a half because the art kicked it up that half for me. It was pretty cool. <laughs> I dug the art a lot. The cover for me kills, like, I uh, just Jason <laughs> Fabok. These covers have been Jason yeah, Fabok. amazing. Yeah. Flat out, because I don't know if you remember. I'm at three and a half also, by the way. Um, <laughs> Jason Fabok, because like, when they initially solicited these, they had these, like, little... Like it was a red background and it was like the the weird bat symbol version of each of the characters and then a silhouette. And it was like covers by Jason Fabok. And everybody assumed that those were the covers. And so everybody started to pass them around and Jason Fabok tweeted, he says, no, these are not my covers. He's, and this is before anybody saw anything. He made some sort of guarantees. Like I guarantee you the covers will be some of the best work that I've ever done. And, and, and it is. And it is. That's like, not an understatement. No. The man knew what he was talking about. Like, I, I, he just came out and straight up was just, like, laid it down. I so. think this one was one of my favorite covers out of the bunch so far. Yeah. And that includes metal as well. Like, so. it's, it's pretty kick-ass. The colors, I mean, if, mm -hmm. if, if you see that just right in the light, you only see certain things in the picture that just jump off the cover. Yeah. It's amazing. Freaking, uh, 
I love I they love Fade Box really Word. So anyway, let's hop over to our indie book, which is oh I have to pitch this, huh? Yeah, that's your job. Yeah. Uh, Invincible. Tough job. I know. Number one forty-one. <laughs> Uh, the End of All Things, Part 9 of 12. Last issue, we had Mark Grayson and Thrag fighting on the sun. And that issue ended with Mark being a husk. This is what happens after. So we get Mark, you know, recovering, dealing with the fallout of the war with Thrag, because that issue effectively ended the Thrag war, the thrag war I guess you could say. Um so yeah, this is this is a little bit more of a quieter issue, dealing with some character moments uh, in the book between mainly Mark and Omni Man and a little bit of Mark and Eve. I like so. that you keep looking over at me, and I've never read Invincible ever, so I don't know any of the words that you were I'm, saying. I'm so disappointed in you. I'll fix I'm it. I'm sorry. Good. He's so, working on me. <laughs> since you haven't read much, how did you feel coming into this, Kayla? Did you feel like really lost? Because this is this is a tough yes. book to come into. I can in tell the middle is... of a story arc or near the end of a story arc, near the end of the series. Well, the only thing I've ever been told about Invincible is that people can't die and there's a lot of blood. So reading this, I was like, well, this people is not die all the time in anything. This. Well, except for the die. Well, well, they they're invincible. I don't know. No, Mark that is the invincible. Other that's his okay, well, that's his alter ego. Then I don't know much about this story uh, i'm sorry i've never read it you're not wrong it's hard for them to die but there is a thank lot of you. deaths in this there's series. a lot of deaths thank you Dusty. and when they die you're this welcome. is one of those series that plays tropes really well against each other so when people die they stay dead there's no like coming back or some surprise resurrection mm -hmm. like you know the next story arc or whatever kirkman is very adamant about that kind of thing so well, I could tell this was a very emotional, heavy or issue. I could tell for anybody who's re probably reading this series, this was probably not the best issue. Well, I mean, sad-wise. It's it bittersweet. How many are left? Three. This is, yeah, this is nine. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, Ryan Otley just tweeted out a teaser of the final cover for Invincible. He's like, and he put, like, sigh, last cover of Invincible, and it was just, you got a little piece of it. I was like, oh, my God. So... Yeah, all the feels. You can definitely tell reading this book when you, you know, if you go through the series and you get to this book, you definitely understand its place in the series, which makes you appreciate it that much more if you're actually caught up in the series. Because it is, you know, it's the series is coming to an end and they have to have closure and this is what's starting to happen. And as far as this, this happening, this, you know, in the story at all, is it's pretty... It's pretty touching, you know, if you follow the characters through this long journey. adventure, yeah, yep. long journey. I feel it's like uh, underappreciated. He's Do you guys think that's like Johnny? Go back to your no. I want to talk. I'm seriously no. mm, go back whatever. to your producer <laughs> corner. I really was asking you a question. Okay, so what are you asking? Don't go back in the microphone. <laughs> it sounds really bad if I'm not on a microphone. <laughs> this is anyway, Chris. yeah, um, yeah like. Not a lot of people know about this book, and I'm pretty sure it's one of the best books of the past decade, and I feel like it's very underappreciated, and more people should be reading it. Do you think, it, like, it is underappreciated? Like, not a lot of people talk about it? I, I think because not a lot of people necessarily know about it the way they know about Walking Dead. Mm. Look, uh, independent books are still a pretty small percentage of the market. You have you have so many people that are 
you know, uh, readers of the big two, the superhero comics, and have not yet ventured outside uh, to the independent books. I would say for for anybody that anybody who reads Marvel or DC, yeah. uh, which are all superhero books, if you if you want an amazing superhero book, this is it. The, the best, best super one. the best superhero it, comic in the universe. It is. So we're on the cover. I have to say as well, if you know, if you venture out into the the indie comics at all, you you know, it's likely to say you'll probably find better stories than you ever would have in the big two. Yeah, outside of what DC's doing right now. Yeah, well, DC's no, no. got a I lot mean, of great it's stories. It's off the hook, but if but you actually go to some of these indie okay. books and you start reading some of these stories, I mean, from the past and the present, yep. like there is some amazing stories, not taken away from the big two, but I, you sure. know, my favorites come off the indie, la- indie labels and not from the big two. Not to say I'm not in love with a lot of, of what DC does because I'm not a Marvel guy. <laughs> it's not happening. Which is interesting because I grew up Marvel, so, yeah. (laughs) Your timing was just bad. (laughs) (laughs) And that's fine. It's it's okay, and I've heard that, but I I don't know yet. I mean, DC would really just have to throw this ball into the water and let the pages get all soggy, and Marvel would have to raise up to the heavens and have angels sing for me to reverse <laughs> what's going on right now. That's something just fantastic. Yeah, right. I mean, just... Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. There's four of us on the panel tonight. What? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I really like this series. Um, man, it's, I, it's tough to, to really... Uh, do we want to spoil like the last page of this particular issue? I don't see a problem with it. There, there's okay. there's three things that happen in yeah. here that that are spoiler worthy. So you know, if you guys don't want to know, the least yeah. If if you if you don't want to know, if you want to read it, just turn just it off, turn it off right now. Come it. back, yeah. Uh, but three, two, one. The um the least controversial i think would be mark becoming leader of the viltrum empire yep um there's a little soul searching that goes on you know some conversations with eve um about you know their future and the future for their daughter and what it what it means um their whole point was to get away from all this and now they're being you know eve is not happy basically she's she doesn't want him to take on the responsibility they're supposed to go off and live quietly and his argument is Look, that we're going to be safer surrounded by, you know, our people than if we were off in the middle of nowhere by ourselves. If something really hit the fan where we would have to to get into it. And at right. the end, you find out. Well, and maybe. What, well, what brings what brings Mark to that decision, the, the realization that this is what he needs to do was brought about by the death of his father, which was another thing, you know, the, a, a major happening in this book because and the conversation his father you know basically you know tells him you need to do this they need you like i needed you you know i was you know he basically saw himself as you know a a scourge you know viltrum scourge you know that was that was brutal and vicious and everything and then it was mark that turned him around okay Mm -hmm. and that uh mark argued that point with him he said, you know, you were the one that raised me. There had to be good in you right. for there to be good in me. So it was kind of a 
Mm-hmm. It was definitely a touching father-son moment. Yeah. Like, hey, you taught me. And that's me, the majority of this this particular issue is is that conversation between right. Mark and Omni-Man. Because what, what ends up happening is previously Omni-Man goes to confront Thrag and gets messed up. And it looks like they he, he gets put back together in my... Good? Cool. Uh, it looks, he doesn't like your sound. I know. It's the cable, I think, Matt. So... Um, he gets jacked up by by Thrag, and it looks like he gets. Uh, yeah, he I don't want to say pulls him out. Yeah, pulls yeah. him out, and they try to put him on life support, all this stuff. And it looks like they get him back together, because like one thing, guys, like Invincible, like when people fight, they freaking get ripped apart, ripped in half. Yeah, they pull their innards yeah, yeah. out. Yeah, and it's stuff floating yeah, all over it, space. It's glorious. Um, but <laughs> well, and one of the best quotes was from the little girl, because <laughs> she's like, when our insides. Come That's out, right, Tara. Back. Yeah. yeah, Tara. She's like, so we just put him back. So forgive me for assuming they can all heal. Yeah. yeah. Well, normally they can, but the reason that Omni Man's dying, even though it looks like he's recovering, is his heart was damaged. Apparently, that's one of the major things with a Viltrumite. Heart's damaged; it's not going to heal. And so, uh, Nolan, which is Omni Man's name, uh, real name, is dying. He's not recovering. And so, the majority of this issue is kind of the the father son final moments between him and Mark. So, and it's not a huge spoiler because once you open up the book and start reading it, it's kind of implied that he's either dead or not going or to dying. make it yeah. right yeah. really quick. Yeah. And then you get you know the interesting thing about this story spoiler. arc is that Kirk, uh, Kirkman uh Robert Kirkman that is 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 really tying up everything. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that that uh he's been doing for a long time and there's one issue one person that he hasn't come back to and he does on this final page and it's robot yeah so rex so good or bad we don't know yet uh, it's very ominous because <laughs> yeah. one of the things super good one right? of the things with with rex if you know he was he was a former ally that became kind of an adversary in the fact that rex decided like in order for there to be world peace for there to be no more suffering death and all this stuff i need to be in charge and he killed everybody that stood against him and took Brilliant. over yeah and yeah. like he had Spoilers. he was a super well dude this is like i said the spoiler podcast yeah. uh he took over everything that was one of the reasons mark left the planet with eve and so they're on their way back to earth and they're confronted by an army of robots drones and you'd think like, oh, well, Mark's invincible. Like, what's the problem here? Robot had made all these drones with a special material or metal. Um, and it was forged a certain way so that anytime Mark tried to punch them, it emits this certain frequency that messes up his uh, <coughs> equilibrium in his ears. So he can't fly and can't, it can't stand up straight, essentially. Basically, Mark's kryptonite. Yeah, it's a it's a way that he figured out like the Viltrumite's weakness is in their ears, so um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he tries to combat this. So, and that's the cliffhanger is just this Earth being like patrolled by this drone army of robots. So, there's the one of the things because I haven't read all of the issues since this particular event happened, and I'm wondering whether or not they cleared it up. Mark, um, over a year ago, had come into contact with this kind of like 
anemone type being that put him back in the past. Yeah, five years. Yeah, yeah, he came back. And then they made an offer to him and he rejected it. And and it was, you know, it was like offended, like, you know, you're going to regret this. Mm-hmm. Did they ever go back and, and address that? They just explained that, I guess, if he had been given the chance or if he had taken their offer, the chance that they were offering him, like, it would have been better because now that he essentially loses five years. That was the trade-off. Right. And so he didn't know that. He comes yeah, he didn't know that. The whole trade-off was like, hey, you're going to get, you know, uh, all this universal time. peace if you decide to just go back in time and start this over, but you're going to lose your daughter. So he chose to right. keep his daughter and just deal with what was going on in the natural time. And when he got back, he was five years later. He had no idea. He was that five he'd years lost later. the five right. years. And, and, his, I guess, and his daughter had grown up. So do you think that that was just a, a method for Kirkman to age the daughter so that this last story arc would have more impact? Very possible. I don't know. You could play off five years in a comic book. You could just be like five years later, and all of a sudden she's this big. Especially with you know because they're living in this, this the the capital city or whatever it's called. There, I mean everything's hunky dory. You know, Alan's hanging around the coalition of planets. Yeah. yeah, like everything's fine. They could have done it that way as well. So, do it, you think that they'll go back to that creature? They could. Um, I mean, Kirkman seems to be addressing everything in this so far. Yeah. So. Because that's the that's the one kind of question that remains in my head with this outside of you know this whole thing with with uh, robot um, is what what did that entity mean to Mark you know when he when he said you know you're going to regret it what would what would that alternate reality have been like i think maybe it was a uh just a story plot to let people know that hey he's matured because he's got a daughter he loves his daughter he's no longer got this kid mentality or like oh i want everything to yeah because the offer was he was gonna know right like he would still have all the knowledge he would be able to go back and change things and make the right. better decisions he would know that. what was coming but the whole i know the whole point of that story arc was that history matters the the mistakes and all that they matter to the character and to the development of that and so for mark to accept his past failings and the fact that he didn't want to lose his daughter was like a turning point for him because okay. it was like this he moved away from wanting to i guess be you know this perfect character and and try to be like this uh untouchable like you know or like his name invincible and all that and he just accepted all of his lessons and whatnot what makes this story so wonderful at least for me is because it's not you know it's kind of pitched as like this teenage superhero book but as you read through it you realize that you're kind of growing up with the main character and and you uh, you know he makes so many mistakes and he has to fight through them and it's just kind of it it's it's very interesting to to see that to see him grow and go through that right yeah and that was by design kirkman never intended mark to stay a teenager either he wanted the audience to grow with him so credit to him guys want to rate it yep i would give it a solid four and a half that's where i'm at four and a half i I really liked it strong book well paced um and, and i'm actually current on the story arc so that helps well for having never read this book 
ever. I actually really enjoyed the writing. It was really emotional, and I even got choked up a little bit. There. There's and a couple pages no where there's no dialogue, and it's just images. And the art's fantastic. That's my I boy, really Ryan Otley. I the art. Yeah, boy. Yeah. So what would you give it? I'd give it a solid four, just because I don't four know and half. anything. So I have a feeling by the end of this series it's going to be a solid five. But anyway... Who's pitching uh, Dusty? That would be me. Sorry, you're all stuck right. with this one. That's all right. What we got is okay. the Mighty Thor. Uh, number written, 700. Yeah, number 700. Out of nowhere. Written by Jason Aaron and colored by the rest of Marvel. Everybody <laughs> in their freaking everybody. office. All of them. So there's, there. they pulled their interns out. They pulled the freaking valets out. So. We should we should note that this is a 50 page. It's double sized essentially. So there are a lot of artists. Okay, in so this check one. this out. I'll say this first of all. Uh, the story aside, the art aside. Um, the price of the book for the paper that you get is always a complaint of mine. However, the thickness of it, I mean, getting 50 pages, you get quite a good story. So, I mean, if you're a Thor fan, I I think you'll relatively enjoy this book. I don't think you'll, you know, do cartwheels over it or go out and tell your best friend about it. But it's, you know, the story moves along. I had, I had a little bit of, yeah, I had a little bit of problem keeping up with the story um it just flopped back and forth so if i'm supposed to pitch the book i mean basically to me it was just saying hey this is how many thors there have been or are and you know there's just there's girls there's guys there's frogs it's there's planets so well it is the death of the mighty thor part one here's okay i'll say this off the the bat all right so growing up i was a huge thor fan not i i didn't read comic books as a kid but i watched cartoons and and i was quite aware of who thor was everybody watched adventures and babysitting but uh, (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i haven't even thought about that in years that's awesome but thor i mean he's he's a kick-ass character i mean he's strong he's you know as a kid growing up you see your dad swinging a hammer and you're like oh my god someday i want to be like that and thor was like a realistic superhero that you could get down with and and to look at this book and want to be blown away and then they start going on with a with a frog as thor to prove some sort of point yes it's it was really kind of childish for me. It took me out of the book. Um, it, it, it was definitely hard for me. It's definitely going to knock my points down for it. The art was subpar. It was kind of a lot of uh, more animated than, um, I guess, realistic, which sometimes isn't too bad. But in this one, it was kind of like a Scooby-Doo well, cartoon. The thing is, is it jumps back and forth through so many different styles, like which is Johnny's largest complaint yes oh he would have screamed um, I, I didn't have a problem with the styles they were fine but just as a whole the art was liney and sloppy for me it was just kind of like you know for 5.99 you know again go back to the dark nights yeah 5.99 for 50 pages the dark nights oh, the man. art was amazing paper's amazing and you, you go to this and it's two dollars more and yes there's more storyline but the cheaper the paper's way cheaper so they're definitely uh making a profit to anybody who's buying this book I'm kind of on the same page. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of moving parts in this particular issue. Um, I, I would have been happy with just a normal sized issue and just focusing on Jane Foster and Thor Odinson. Yes, I agree. I didn't need a lot of the peripheral stuff because every time I went to one of the peripheral stories, I, it was a lot harder to get through that because I was like, well, "Why is this pertinent right now?" 
Why do I need this in this issue right now? You know, that was what I kept asking myself. And I honestly, I think if you go back and you just read the Odin son and the Jane Foster stuff, it flows a lot better. So I don't know if they were afterthoughts that he was like, well, we just got to jam all this stuff in there. Cause yeah, they look, they, they obviously wanted it to be an homage to all things Thor and all manifestations of Thor. Um, I, I think that that was probably a mistake. It ended up being an ad hoc mess. Yeah. Uh, through most of it, how you have, you know, a two-page story in there with Black Galactus getting the Necro Sword and then fighting Ego, Ego the and living then Ego. planet, who Ego becomes the, the Necro planet. I That was dumb. I don't, you know, and I, I don't know. There were several moments like that in there, mm-hmm. and... Throg doesn't really do it for me either. Um, the I mean, the main story is Malekith is attacking the Norns because he wants to be able to control fate. Right. Which was good good enough and for me. And they're going to chop down It Agri- was fine. Agri- yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. freaking A, yeah. Let's have Thor Odinson fighting Malekith and the Dark Elves and all that stuff. I was down with that. Right. And then the, the other story arc, the main one, is Jane Foster fighting She-Hulk for some reason. Which was really kind of random. Yeah, I was like, okay. She saw her in the hospital, and she she started to Hulk out, and and the Thor chick was there for cancer treatment, and it was just like it was just an excuse to have these two want, Thor look, and battle, Hulk battle right like Bruce. If Jane and, Foster's gonna yeah. be dying, if she's going away, they're not gonna have a goddess of thunder for very much longer, and they wanted to do a Thor versus Hulk. Gender swap, yeah. Version, and so they chose this book to do it in for a couple pages. I disagree yeah. with not having a female Thor again. They pretty much describe that throughout history, it's been many different genders and many different things. So they could come back with a different female Thor. Yeah, you know, two issues from now. I'm just saying, in the current climate well, but, of Marvel, that's not going to happen. Know, the oh, artist can write him in, or the writer can write any. I'm so ready for Odin's son to be Thor again. Thor is coming out. They're going to have him Thor again for right. time for that. Yeah. And so. they should, because to me, that's Thor. I mean, you want to pull a Green Lantern and have a bunch of them, that's fine, but give them their own series. His name if is I Thor. read. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> you know. The last book that you guys, uh, let's see, what was it? Um, you guys reviewed She-Hulk, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of discrepancy in that podcast with, you know, calling it the Hulk, but then you open it up and it's all She-Hulk and it's not Hulk smash. Like, well, yeah, the, the series is Hulk. The graphic novel was She-Hulk. Yeah. It was just a hot mess of, right. like, what is, the, you know. Naming. But sometimes yeah. you you pretty much just got to give your fans what they want. Like, if, if I'm a Thor fan, I want to read about Thor. If you want to bring out frog frog throg throg yeah. then make your own <laughs> all he did was and, and rain on route. somebody then the little kids can yeah. be like oh there's a I'm, thor frog Woo-hoo! he gets I'm very much in the minority here because i thoroughly enjoyed this book <laughs> <laughs> i'm a little I'm ve- i am very torn on it though because for me i huh oh he's talking roger i like all those little stupid things mm-hmm. i like throg i very much enjoyed the random ego i don't think i would have had a problem with it if, if it, it was, wasn't the death of the Mighty Thor book, yeah, if that's what's if, catching look, me on and that. And that's the other thing. It's billed as the death of the Mighty Thor. Jane Foster is on the front prominently. She's not the most prominent thing in this no, book. She's the second most prominent thing in this book. Well, her, I think her and Odin's son are kind of like the main focus. But mm-hmm. her story, I didn't feel, was anywhere. It wasn't very epic like the, the, the epic story is 
Malekith attacking the Norns, Odin's son trying to fend him off. Capital G. Really, yeah. though, if you open it up, it's a splash page. Yeah, cover, it's a rap cover. Back, yeah. But, I mean, you're not wrong. She's predominantly on the front, so you'd assume this would be more about her. But no, I very much agree with that because I was... I enjoyed reading the book, but then going back through it, I'm like, it is the death of Mighty Thor. It just kind of didn't feel like the tone that the book should have for the death of Mighty Thor. Yeah, I, I would have, I would have rather this story been written if, if the centerpiece of the story is is the assault on Yggdrasil, than have her and Odin's son and Volstagg and everybody marshaling their forces to try and stop that. And that yeah, could maybe be what losing in the to. end, but um, yeah, well, but. But kind of lost at the end. But Mighty Thor is, you know, fighting She-Hulk at LaGuardia Airport while this For other stuff reason. is going on, you know. Um, it, look, in the end, it's meant to be an homage mm-hmm. to Thor. Um, I, I was I was indifferent to that. And, and, and then to usher in the... Mangog. The, the new... Well, it's not new. I mean, he's been around since the '60s, created by Stanley and Jack Kirby. Um, but the the threat that's gonna probably kill Jane Foster and try and bring it into Asgard. Yeah, they're gonna have to do some some work to get that there because so far they've got this whole thing with Malekith still, and you get a couple pages of teaser with Mangog at the end yeah and a whole lot of filler and look I get it Jason Aaron loves Thor like that's very clear by the end uh little uh I don't know if you call it a monologue note whatever um that he talks about 700 issues all this stuff he's like I love Thor I love Thor I love Thor like pretty much yeah it's like dude we get it tell (laughs) us a freaking god bomb level story again like you did yeah. When you first and got I the job. Think, I actually think the death of the mighty Thor is going to be a great story. I think that this was a pause in in his run, you know. Yeah. He was kind yeah. of trying to They shouldn't it up have put the cover treatment too much in of the mighty death of mighty Thor number 1. It should have just been like Thor anniversary 700 whatever. Yeah. yeah. And not bill it one way and build up your expectations. And then get into it, and you're like, so that's "What's just editorial?" It, it's more celebration than it is like yeah. the start of a story. Arc. Yeah, really, it kind yeah. of. That's really like if you look at it as just it's a celebration of 700 issues of Thor. That would have been a much better that issue. Been an easier pillow to, yeah, pillow yeah, to swallow. A pillow to swallow. Yeah. It would be not but, easy to swallow a pillow, Johnny. Right. <laughs> well, but in the end, it's a business decision to put that yep. that subtitle at the top because they know that they'll sell more books because people have been anticipating that story. Yeah. want to read that story it's it a 5.99 book and they want to you know yeah. um sell a lot of copies yeah so i don't I know still, i still love every iteration okay so before, so so you're you're you enjoyed it and whatnot you like i'm still a little on the fence of it being the death of mighty thor that's kind yeah of the big hang-up i have is that because that w- doesn't I, feel like it's the death of mighty thor book yeah so that was my biggest thing. I'm hoping it'll kind of lead into that. I mean, my only disappointment was that Beta Ray Bill's on the cover and he wasn't in the book. Yeah, that, how do you address all these Thors and not have Beta Ray Bill yeah, show up? Right? That just and he's a heart. fan favorite too. Yeah, he's my favorite. He was in a uh, worthy Thor, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pretty sure he showed up. Maybe in he'll room. come in next issue. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I'm hoping it's because so there's going to be more about the other Thors in the other coming into the other books i really don't want that much stuff happening all at once like i really wanted to focus on jane i wanted to explain it yeah 
I, I really would appreciate if they just focused on Jane and Odin's son. Like, and what's mm. going? I mean, dude, the teaser at the end. I will say this: like, if they get, if they manage to get there somehow, this double sp page spread. Where is it? When uh, the Queen of the Norns gets the visions or whatever from the Fates, and we've got Thor in a new kind of altered version of his costume with a gold Mjolnir and a gold Uru arm instead of the black Uru. Um, that looks pretty cool. Okay, but like Loki there? But I don't know what's... Loki with the freaking <laughs> Infinity Gauntlet? Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know what all this is, but like if we get to this point with Thor... Gold Thor? Gold <laughs> Mjolnir uh, Thor. And Loki down there. And there's, yeah, there's a second Loki. Well, with I don't the, know what's uh, going on. the, I'm pretty sure that's the necromancer sword. Yeah, the necromancer yeah. sword. Necromancer well, sword. that for a little while too. And cancer patient Jane laying lifeless, which looks like on the moon, where she oh, started. Yeah. Oh, she did start oh, there, didn't dang. she? That's where she got the hammer. Ooh, yeah. yeah. So there's a lot that looks like they're they're building up to. So I I I trust that Jason Aaron can tell an epic Thor story. He has. This issue is just a mess to me, though. Yeah, well, I think, again, I think that, you know, this is Marvel saying, hey, this is what we need for 700. Yeah. Yeah. Giving him, you know. Celebrating it yeah. for. Um, man, we're going to do an oversized issue and all this stuff. I think that this is an issue where they dictated to him what the contents kind of needed to be. Mm -hmm. uh, and so he did that. And I think that his run. Because I've loved what he's done with Mighty Thor and um, and Jane Foster, uh, and I, I can't wait to read the story. I don't think it really started right here. I think it'll start in the next issue. I agree with that. It was a fun book. I enjoyed it, but I it should not have been called Death of the Mighty Thor. It should have been like an anniversary special. Right. Well, why don't you give us your rating then, Kayla? Oh, I'd give it a four star. Yeah, Roger. I would. Three. Dusty. So if Jason Aaron spent more time working on the book and less time telling us how much he loves Thor, it probably <laughs> would have been a little bit nicer. Um, I feel like whoever directed this book, whether it was Jason Aaron himself or whether Marvel did say, you need to do this, I think you probably shouldn't have read Alien Toilet Monster and took from that book to write this book. <laughs> Definitely sensory overload. Keep the story simple, one so, what artist? Where did he went through one. this? Oh, one artist. Yeah, Russell one artist. Ryman. There's just, yeah. Um, I give it a two and a half. Like, really, a two and a half. It it didn't. Yeah, that's it. Sorry for rambling. No, that's where I'm at. Two and a half. Also, it's. I just feel like there was a lot of stuff in this that I didn't didn't need. So, um, there's but. The, the, if the main story ends up being Odinson, Malekith, with Jane Foster, you know, that them getting ready to, to battle that, I'm down with that. I want that story. I don't want all this extra peripheral stuff. So right. um, so there is potential there. Um, I do believe that Jason Aaron can get there. But, yeah, the, just this kicking – for it being the part one of this story, uh, yeah, two and a half. So – Anyway, what would you guys rather have reviewed this week? 
Shirtless bear fighter. Yeah. And I, if I could just I mean, Invincible Marvel, was good yeah, for sure, but like shirtless bear fighter. If I could just swap out Marvel and do another indie book, that's probably what yes. I would have done. Um, but if I was going to swap out Marvel, man. Spider-Man Spectacular? Or is, what is it? Peter Parker? Yeah. Spectacular Spider-Man? Spider-Man? I probably would have read that. That would have been that would have been acceptable. Anything else but Marvel. So shirtless bear fighter, yeah. awesome. That's not it. No. Maybe <laughs> not your grizzly. You know why not even just a oh, Star yeah, Wars? Oh yeah, Captain Phasma. Book. Captain like, Phasma would have been cool. That's good artist Poe on that. Dameron. I don't Chichetto's. know. Poe Dameron's good. I, one. I haven't know. read it. So I haven't read a Star Wars book. So All right, Captain See, Phasma. See, that would be way. If it's, we're gonna be with Marvel, let's go that well, route instead of the first issue of Karen Gillan's next week. Or two next weeks? week, I think, yeah. or two weeks. But so as far as the others, Invincible, I wouldn't want to review anything else. And Dark Knights, uh, keep them coming. Like I'm, I'm down for these. Yeah, I'm, I'm yep. all in. So, uh, Roger. Hey, do you have trivia? I have trivia. Oh, Matthew has trivia. Matt's gonna Matt's gonna stand and do some some trivia. First, though, uh, we'll look at last week's. Yep. <clears throat> we had a question uh, posed by Christian DePaz, and that was, uh, "What cameo did Dave Stevens uh, have in the Rocketeer in movie, the nineteen ninety one Rocketeer movie by Disney?" And the answer was the ill fated uh, German. Test pack, yeah. test pilot. <laughs> so, and got it. Um, lots of correct answers last week. The winners uh, for the trade paperback, which is Rocketeer, goes to Dave Ramirez. Nice, Dave. What up? And the comics, uh, which I think was a pretty good batch. Uh, yeah, you guys gave him a good review. Goes to uh, Nathan Armantrout. Nathan, nice. Thanks for thanks for playing, guys. Um, I'm gonna let uh, Matt sit in here for a second. And he's gonna he's gonna pose some some trivia for us. We got we four go. trivia. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. Start off with an easy one here. So for four in North myth- in Norse mythology, what was the event that foretold the results of the death of Thor? Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Okay, there's your easy one. Yeah. <laughs> what causes Ragnarok? I don't know. That wasn't oh. It was the fire demon, wasn't it? Wasn't that? Oh, are you talking about in comics or actual oh, Norse I mythology? <laughs> I was talking about an actual Norse mythology. Do you know that? Yeah. What is it? Loki is chained up and he's like being tortured and it's his shakes like it just it it's, it's a chain of Loki. events. Yep. It's just always Loki oh. Norse mythology. Always yeah. Loki. It's that or that's that happened in the Z- Sandman comics. Did it? Yeah. Nice. Okay. Um which of Thor's comrades is the son of the nine mothers? Uh, the nine are sisters who gave birth to a specific god. Which of Thor's allies? Yeah. One of the Asgardians characters. It's not one of, of the, the nine mothers. It's not one of, it's not like Volstag or any of those guys, right? It might the, be. The three? <laughs> the three? Warriors three? Volstag? The Warriors it's, three? It's not Volstag. <laughs> I can't remember their names. Sandra. It's not, it's not Sif. What's the one dude's name? Oh my gosh, what's the one dude's it's name? It's Heimdall. Heimdall. Oh, Heimdall. Heimdall. He's not one of the Warriors 3. No. Yeah. No. Okay. But he's, he just said he was an Asgardian. Yeah, he was one of his comrades. Oh, okay, okay. Heimdall. Heimdall. Uh, let's see. 
Who was the first Marvel character outside of the Norse pantheon to be deemed worthy to wield Thor's hammer? Captain America? No. Beta Ray Bill? Beta Ray Bill. Sweet. Wow, <laughs> nice. Oh, um, okay. What is responsible for Thor's immortality? He's Asgardian. No, there's like a specific There's an actual thing. like specific yeah, thing. Yeah, I think hammer. it dates back to like the the, the Beer. origin. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's <laughs> <Yes>. mead. <laughs> um what is it? I can give you some choices. Yeah, give me yes. give me okay. like A B C. Uh A, he drank the blood of the berserker. <laughs> B, he sleeps under the stars. C, he eats apples or D, he bathes in the black sea. Apple a day keeps the doctor away. <laughs> I'm gonna guess bathed in the Black Sea. Sleeps under the stars. Bathed in the Black Sea. Okay, actually, it's the golden apples of Eden. Yes. Oh. Yeah, it says. Apple um, keeps the doctor. I knew that. Thor one. is incredibly long-lived and relies on periodic consumption of the golden apples to sustain his extended lifespan, which dated to many millennia. Okay. So, yeah. mystery. That's that probably like one. some old. Yeah. Deep cut. Deep cut. <laughs> All right, that's all I got for you guys. And then, um, interesting one for the listeners, uh, short but sweet, basically. So, what are the names of Odin's pet ravens? Mm. Nice. That's a good one. Little. Yeah. Deep. You have to look up that one. So, there you go for next week. Use the Googles. The internets. The interwebs. Yep, so if you know the answer to uh, Matt's question, send your response to contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com. You can win either the graphic novel Day Tripper, which we're going to be reviewing here real shortly, or the three comics that we reviewed this week. Send your response to contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com. All right. Kayla, (laughs) tell us about our, our graphic novel. All right. I will. We're reading Day Tripper. Who's it by? It is by Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba. So, what are the most important days of your life? Meet Bras de Olivia Dominguez, the miracle child of a world-famous Brazilian writer. Bras spends his days penning the other people's obituaries. See, I can't even do this correctly. (laughs) Penning other people's obituaries and his nights dreaming of becoming a successful author himself, writing the end of other people's stories while his own has barely begun. But on the day that life begins, would he even notice? Does it start at 21 when he meets the girl of his dreams? Or at 11 when when he has his first kiss? Is it later in his life when his first son is born? Or earlier when he might have found his voice as a writer? So this book is about Bras, him, living his life, and a bunch of other stuff that goes down. Yeah. There was more death in this book than yes. all the other books this week. A lot of deaths. Jeez. He doesn't quite make it through uh, every one of these moments that he lives through. So no, all, none of these moments. None of them. Well, okay, so one of the things is is like each chapter is a different age mm-hmm. and a different moment in his life. So the first chapter is him at 32. And we see like this moment in his life and then he dies. He's an obituary writer, and yeah. then at the end of his death, after he goes through however many days you get to witness, it has his obituary. There's his obituary at the end. Yeah, just great. So, well, why did we why did we read this one this week, Roger? I picked it. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, well, you were in the shop. And I was having a discussion with somebody else. Not when I was here. 
It went like this, okay? okay? So the guest is supposed to pick the graphic novel, and he was like, well, what do you want? And I was like, well, let me get back with you on that tomorrow. And he said, wait, I'm going to solve this for you right now. We're going to read Day Tripper. And I was like, okay. What's that? What is that? So Roger's description wasn't the greatest, but it, it got <laughs> it, it was so I wouldn't which is surprising because normally you got the candle. Well, like... Okay, he just said, "Well, every day the guy dies," and it's like, well, that really wasn't true. Not so, quite what happens in this book? If I may, I, I'm, I, I think it was a little more involved than that. <laughs> <laughs> You're hoping. No, because I said that you know this book is ten chapters and it's 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 ten ten days. In, in this guy's life. And again, some of the chapters are more than one day. He never but gives me the, the pins for the tie-ins for metal. Did did you get uh, the drowned? Yes. Did you, do, you have, do you have them all? I have them all. Shut your mouth. Most of them <laughs> for asking. My point was well, that, that sometimes doesn't Roger doesn't, sometimes things happen I, in Roger's head that don't happen in real he life. He repurposes I, those brain cells all But I always <laughs> deliver. <laughs> That's why anyway. we keep coming back. So, um, no, this is look. Day Tripper is probably the most artistic and most philosophical book I've ever read in in a graphic novel form. Um, Gabriel Ba and Fabio Moon, which are twin brothers, apparently. Yeah, I think I knew that. Um, they freaking deliver. I mean, the art is is really cool really fits this story um it's really one of a kind though yeah i i can't i can't think of any any more unique book um the closest guy that that can deliver a story like this is jeff lemire mm. but jeff lemire's writing is not as poetic as as this book is yeah. and, and jeff's jeff's a little grittier yeah well he's he he does more through his images yeah than he does with his words yeah and and in this one, I think Fabio Moon really delivers uh, a script that is powerful and and moving. Um, and I I I love this book. I'll say this: it instantly became my favorite book I've ever read, uh, prose and comic books alike. The art in it is is just phenomenal. I mean, absolutely phenomenal. It helps move the story along and it tells you, you could read this book without reading any words and you would still get emotional. This, this book is amazing. Oh, the colors do a great job at telling the tone. Yeah. Somebody, I was I, Jonathan, I don't know if it was you. I, I was talking with somebody about this book, uh, today. And, um, one of the, one, one of the beautiful things about it is, is the fact that it's not um, it's not chronological. Yeah. You know, the ages are all mixed up. And I think it's not until probably the second chapter that you realize what's going on. And yeah. You know, like you know that there's going to be an obituary at the end. Mm-hmm. And, and then when you get to the third chapter and it's like, you're, you're reading the stories about this guy's life. And if ever there was, you know, the, the, the old saying is, you know, live each day to the fullest. Right. Uh, because you don't know, uh, whether or not you'll live to see another day, you you could die at any given moment, um, in in a variety of ways. This book and makes this that book, clear. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it it really it it shows you that you know through through uh, the art and the storytelling, and it makes I mean it really makes it crystal clear. 
and you find yourself, you know, halfway through the book, really reflecting internally about, wow, you know, had had he died when he was 11, look at all these things that he would have missed out on. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, by the time you get to the end of the book, um, in the last chapter, he's lived a long, full life, and he's, I think it's 76, 76. years old. 76. Um, and you get to see everything that's, you know, come along. Then there's one that, you know, there was an interesting one, and I had to go back and, and look through because I was I was curious whether or not these were alternate realities of, of him dying. Yeah, because I asked, it, uh, is, is it figurative? Was it is the same it timeline? The same and guy? I'm pretty like, sure it's the same timeline Yeah, to me because there's – there's one chapter in here where he has this this best friend, uh, Jorge. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that he's, chapter he's killed me. Jorge is and his and his friendship with Braz is prominent through the storytelling, but there's this one chapter where um, don't give oh, it away. What? Which one? What What happens? Why? With his friend. I know we're a spoiler podcast, but I feel like if you really want to enjoy this book, I think to not not spoil, like this is a book that you shouldn't. Yeah, but I'm not sure because he dies in a lot of different ways. Right, but the it's point that the point that that one was a pretty like, it's surprising sometimes cut. that how was he dies. that was horrifying. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's what's important for the reader to find out that you. Oh, you here's know what I'll say. Here's what I'll say for the discussion. I'll, I'll respect that. I won't. I won't spoil it. But here's what I'll say with the discussion. There are because at the age that he died, okay, in this story, his his friend was still in the picture. With that. And I, because it's it's out of order, I had to go back and I had to look at all of the chapters where he died mm-hmm. at a later age. His friend was not in the story during those chapters. Sure. And I didn't, you know, I'd, uh, you know, that was a question that had come to me. I was like, I wonder, you know, because and I think that it, it's a testament to how Fabio Moon put a lot of work into making these timelines stick. Whether it's you know the breakup with the girlfriend, the 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 new girl that comes in in the bakery that he sees mm-hmm. when he's at a t- at a time in his life where he's crushed, he is just yeah. I mean he's a he's a shell, right? And he thinks that life's not worth living. And then he sees this girl from across the bakery, and he's like, "Who's you know?" And then they don't you know they don't immediately you know get together, but she ends up becoming prominent. There's a lot of events in in this guy's life. That again, it really makes you think. If if he had died at any one of these points, there would be stuff that he would miss out on later in life. You know, um, I love it. I, I could talk about this book. <laughs> Me yeah. too. For hours. I mean, because the way I took each one of the deaths was more of a figurative, like make sure you appreciate those quiet moments, and they were right. using the, the obituaries yeah. at the end to really set off each of these moments in his life and these 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 days that you know he was living and and. You know, it was made to make you appreciate those days more, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, yeah, there were a couple of the certain certain ones just like hit you hard, you know, as you're going through it. And so um, oh. the one with the friend. Um, Wait, do the, you have do, does anyone have a favorite age, a favorite chapter? Uh, let me look through uh, it real quick. That, I like the adolescent going to the farm because it reminded me a lot. Like I, I, I didn't grow up on a farm, but I grew up in Michigan and I spent a lot of time on farms. And there was a lot that I could relate to just being a kid running around and having all the cousins around and just 
like that aspect right. to me that that was probably one of the 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 ones that pulled at me the most because it was like holy crap like i made it through my childhood it's pretty amazing i mean right. like, if i think back to some of the things i've right. done i'm like oh like, <laughs> right even if i think my life sucks sometimes like i gotta step back and realize like i'm lucky to be here right now and i appreciate no, i what's agree because yeah. I'm, I'm with you you know i've I've spent a lot of time in Michigan in, in my youth too. That's where my uh, grandparents are and parents are from. Um, but then growing up in rural North Carolina, I'm the same with you. I think kids today don't don't have the opportunities to push their luck the way maybe you and I did as kids because I, I had a few brushes with death. Caitlin's heard a few of those. Just a few. <laughs> uh, but uh, or, or it should be brushes with stupidity. Um, a little bit of both. But yeah, I I that that chapter hurt for me too because yep. it was oh my god, because he's he's eleven, you know, he gets his first kiss, and then ugh. that was a hard one. And then that's it. One of the 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 other one, my favorite chapter, and and this is really hard because I liked they're all amazing. Yeah, Dusty's got it as a screensaver on his phone. Oh, nice, mm-hmm. the first kiss. Oh. That's really cool. Um, yeah, God, I love this art. It's so it's oh, so it's cool. Some of the best art, art I have ever seen on mm-hmm. pages. It's it's amazing. I need to go back and look because these guys have done other things too. Um, and I need to go back and and kind of look at what they've done. I'm not sure how much uh, of their other stuff I have in stock, but I'll, I'll need to get it back in. I would say this isn't exactly my favorite chapter, but the chapter, I can't remember the age, I think it was in his 20s or something, when he first sees the girl in the bakery, mm-hmm. and then he leaves, and then when he's going running back, my immediate thought was, don't go into the street, and that's kind of where the right. story kind of really hit right. me. The chapter where yeah. he's going to look for his friend, Jorge. Oh, yeah. That, that, one's... One, that one hurts. Um, yeah. Because he's worried about him in the, in the whole chapter, like, and yeah. you grow well, attached they, to Jorge too. He's because great. by that time, I mean they had really Jorge is a great character. I mean he's oh, he's, he's fantastic. A, he's, well, I think one of the quotes that um, uh, a, Braz is attributed to Braz in the story was that even though Jorge is, you know, for as good a photographer he is, he really has a way with words. And and mm-hmm. at that point, you're like, yeah, he does because he's always got the best advice for his friend. You know, and he's got such a great outlook on life. Um, and I, I love their friendship. And, yeah. The way they end, that's just... And for me... Uh, read oh, it. go ahead. Yeah, for me, um, if, if I was to pick one chapter, it would be... I think it's the second to the last one. And it, there's a chapter where you don't see bras... At oh, all. at all. That's a good one. In in the chapter. Yeah, I was about to say that. Um, one too. It's his it's his wife and his and his son. And again, like in all the other chapters, you know, he, he dies. But in this one, the son, you know, he he's he you know, the father Braz has become a successful book writer and he's out on on a book signing tour and he's been gone for a while and the his young son is at home waiting for him to come home and he can't wait and he and the wife is kind of pissed because she doesn't want to deal with life alone. She wants him home, and he's been out for a long time. They're both looking forward to, to him coming back. And the son, the the next week coming up is career the, day. It's mm-hmm. career day at school, and you know he's going to have his you know successful you know author father come in, and 
Yeah. And it doesn't happen because, well, not life intervenes, but death intervenes. I love and, you know, I was just going to say they tell that in, in a very uh, emotional and moving mm-hmm. way. That, that was a they, hard chapter to yeah. read for me. I love all the little touches of bras you see, though, throughout that chapter, yep. like the notes or on you the fridge, just read the voicemail, the, all, all the little right. stuff. Um, Showing his affection and admiration yeah. for his wife. How yeah. much he loved and, her and, and his, his family. Yeah. And his, yeah. yeah. The last chapter when he finds the letter from his dad that he never right. got oh. right away. Right. Yeah. That one was. That was left in in, 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 a, in his book. Yeah. Right. So. Um, that was that was powerful stuff. Everybody needs to read this book. I, I mean, it's just oh, powerful. Oh, I put it. Yeah. I don't Even Teresa? I don't think she would. Well, no. <laughs> I, she we would just have nothing. Yeah, we had this conversation. Um, I don't think she would have anything to do with this. I would say, look, because Teresa's like she she when it comes to the topic of death, she's like, nope, you know, finger <laughs> fingers in her ears, Bob. I'm not listening, you know, and, and I don't think she would read it. She she might. I think I think it, you know she, I think she would actually like it a lot. But uh, getting her to read it, I don't know. Obviously, we'll I brought that up because we talked about that before. Yeah. Because when I got done reading this book, I would have just flipped it right over and started over again. But I was like, "Honey, you got to read this." And because yeah, Kathy, just, Kathy read this too. Your wife. Yep. I so. I just said, you know, she's right now. She's in the second compendium of Invincible, and I was like, just stop reading Invincible and throw mm-hmm. this book in. Just read it. And she didn't like it as much as I did because I was like, "This is the greatest book ever. I love this book. Like, it's it's just the coolest. I've never read anything better. Like, there was so much emotion, and and it was just. I mean, you could relate to it, no matter what. And she didn't say anything about it, and I was like, "Well, that's she's like, okay, thanks. Can I go back to Invincible? <laughs> yeah. And so it was like, I think for me, it was like, you know, you definitely have to understand that there are there are different strokes for different folks, right?" So, even though, like all of us, uh, I mean, I'm assuming we all love this book on the panel, you know, it, I don't want it to be one of those movies that gets so hyped and you read it and you're like, well, this isn't what it's they described. It's just all right. It's just all right. <laughs> but that that may be because this happened to me before where they've overhyped mm. a movie and I watch it and I'm like, this sucks. And then I yeah. watch it again and realize that it didn't suck. My expectations were just, just too way high. too high. Yeah. So, you know, understand when you read this book, it's a good book because it really pulls it's, you in yeah. on it's every very unique. level. And even if you don't like, oh, you know, even if you don't think it's the greatest book ever, you're not going to think this is a wasted read. No. This is definitely one for your collection. I, I think that for this sure. is so different that even as much as we could talk about it and hype it up and and try and describe it, it's so different from anything else out there. I'm not sure anybody would be prepared to read this. I would agree. That it, I would that when you start agree. reading, I, I um, it I, caught I me off it, guard. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect. I just remember you briefly telling me like, "Yeah, it's about a different guy." Uh, guy day. dies every day. No, you didn't even yeah. tell me that. <laughs> you you Sorry. told me you told me it's about a different day in this guy's life, and it's out of order. So yeah. I was like, "Well, that seems weird." And then I got to the end of it, and I was like, "Oh, we're going here." Okay, this is. I was not prepared for this. So um, other stuff that gave, uh, um, Fabio Moon has done is Vasilis. Okay. Casanova, eight, uh, eight through fourteen with Matt oh, Fraction. Oh, like Casanova, Cedia, and yeah, yeah, I know that series. Okay. Yeah, uh, numbers eight through through fourteen. Uh, Pixu with Becky Cloonan, Ooh. Um, and his brother. 
who did like I guess two issues with it on it with him. Um, Day Tripper, obviously. There was something big that they did. Though. BPRD, nineteen forty-seven. Uh, Serenity Firefly, uh, Firefly Class 03 K sixty four. What's that? I'm gonna beat you. I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna um, kill him. and then two brothers produce Johnny. Two produce. Brothers. Yeah, this was um. Yeah, and if you need any, any any you know further evidence, I mean it it won the Eisner Award for best limited series, in I think 2011, hmm. something like that. His brother Gabriel Bot worked on the Umbrella Academy. There you go. Hmm. I think that's where I know the name from. So you're a fan. He was the movie. I mean uh, the artist in yeah. that book, right? Yeah. I gotta mention Dave Stewart for be- doing the colors on this book because I just love the way they use the colors and the art just to tell the Is tone of the, the story. Is that the Dave Stewart? Oh, it just says coloring by Dave when, Stewart. When did Dave Stewart pass away? Uh, Go to the Google. I mean, is it that? Is it that Dave Stewart from Rocketeer? Two thousand eight. That's Dave Stevens. Yeah. Oh, Dave. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. Then we don't have to go to the Google. Yeah. No. Different Dave person. Stewart. Okay. Well, I give this book a five. Nice. Oh, one hundred percent. I would definitely give it a five. There's no, no ifs, ands, or buts. Should we even ask five. Roger? If the no. scale was higher, I would give it higher. Yeah. Kayla. Five. Five. Yep, it's five. I I actually read it all in one sitting. I was expecting to break it up throughout the day, and once I got to the end, I was like, oh, I, I guess I should just finish this because this is. <laughs> yeah, it's, cause it's the perfect book to break up in chapters. Yeah. Because it's so nonlinear that you can read a chapter and be done. But, but you don't. You don't. <laughs> yeah. no. Oh, I read this in, well, two sittings because I got busy. But I did too. Quickly, like yeah. I had, I mean, life got in the way. But it went, if there was a moment, I was reading this book. It yeah. was mm-hmm. one of my quicker reads. Yeah. So. Awesome. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move Thank on you, Roger, to. by the way. That's right. Yes. Thank enjoys. you, Roger. Um. You know what? I I should note that this is not a book I probably would have gone out of my way to read if we didn't have to do it for the show. Because I typically stick to what I know and like, and that's mm-hmm. typically superheroes punching, things blowing up. The occasional this Black Monday. Very much not yeah. that. Yeah, very much not that. Uh, the occasional Black Monday murders, things like, you know, that, that if I do go outside my realm, it's typically stuff sci-fi. like this yeah I, and this yeah, is such a guys new, that yeah writers and artists that you know and yeah. trust that you have history yeah. with so. um and this was just such an unexpected and i i agree i think this should be in people's collections like this is one of those things it's just it's just a seminal piece of storytelling you could take this out and read this over and over and over again and i don't know if you would ever get bored of this book so it's really good. I'm actually like contemplating getting the hardcover that you have sitting behind me. How so I get it first. I'll fight you. I was like, maybe you should read it first. He's like, no, I'll just I'll buy the hardcover. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I, I I like it. Which <laughs> is hard. It's, it's very interesting because I don't necessarily like everything that Roger pitches to me, but I I you know could see some of the art and I was like, ah, eh, it's it's. It's at least worth it. If you think it's that good, then I'll I'll definitely. And that was, I was not disappointed. I would have been more mad if I would have bought the trade paperback and then had to turn around and spend money on the hardcover. So <laughs> the fact it went right to the hardcover, I was like, yep, this. I mean, it's, it's there. It's in my collection. It's it's very prominent in my collection. I would definitely recommend this to anybody. But there is no way I am ever loaning this book out. That's smart. That's just. Uh, I get yeah. I, I get you on that. So. Um, all right. 
ACP certified, as Johnny just said. Yep. Uh, all right. From Marvel Comics next week, we have all new Wolverine number 26. We have Amazing Spider-Man number 790. Uh, ben Riley, Scarlet Spider number 9. Black Panther number 166. Speaking of Black Panther, how great was that freaking oh, trailer? Oh, the trailer was so good. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, Captain Marvel number 125. And that's what we're reviewing next week. Uh, Daredevil number 28. Despicable Despicable Deadpool? <laughs> 288? Yeah. What? Just another Deadpool. It's the minion I think they did that. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Don't be serious, please. Despicable. Oh, God. Deadpool. I don't know how I didn't catch that just now. I, that's good. I, maybe, I'm just disappointed I, it's not I a minion's know. crossover. I mean, I'll give him some credit for, like, the pun. Yeah. But, uh. Anyway, that's Punisher number 17. Jonathan. Punisher. What? That's your jam. I know. Jonathan. Uh, Punisher number 17, Punisher Platoon number 2, Star Wars Jedi Republic Mace Windu number 3, Thanos number 12, Weapon X number 10, and X-Men Blue number 14. From DC Comics, we have Action Comics number 990, part 3 of the Oz effect. Uh, Batgirl number 16, Batman Beyond number 13, Batman the Merciless number 1. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> that one's the Wonder Woman? That's the Wonder Woman one written by Tomasi with art I cannot wait. by Francis Manipal. <laughs> I've seen the teases, man. It's going to be so This has been the most anticipated uh, book for me. I'm a huge Wonder Woman dork, and thanks to Roger again. Yeah, I'm excited. Oh, about it's going to be good. I'm interested in the Superman one. What the the Devastator? Yeah, yeah, I'm Batman. waiting for that. I'm waiting for the Tony Daniels on the art for that one, so I'm stoked for the next two, man. I'm going to be so just like, yes. So anyway, Blue Beetle number 14, DC House of Horror number one. I don't even know what that is, but it's got to be a Halloween special. Yeah, it's like a $10 comic, uh, I think. But Wow. Uh, so it's like an anthology. It's got a yeah, lot of stuff in it. It's just an anthology book of... Uh, Halloween stuff. Sweet. Uh, Detective Comics number 967, Flash number 33, and that's a metal tie-in apparently. Uh, Gotham City Garage number 2, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps number 31, Hellblazer number 15, Justice League of America number 17, Commandy Challenge number 10 of 12, Nightwing the New Order number 3 of 6, Suicide Squad number 28, Teen Titans number 13, and Wonder Woman number 33. Wait, didn't that just come out? Was that last week? Mm. It's on the list. It's on the list. Okay. So, um, could be that I just took forever to read it. Hold on, my I'll phone last, last uh, week. Not top on your phone. So. Well, no, 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 it's no, just in my. One hundred thirty three is new. Is it okay? Thirty two. Like I said, I had a big stack last week, so it might have just taken me all week to get to it, which is okay. why it feels like why is this already back? Um. Which is really good because it's dealing with her brother, Jason. So, uh, from Indie Comics, we have Bloodshot Salvation, number two. Copperhead, number 15. Deadly Class, number 31. Eternity, number one. Hack and Slash Resurrection, number one. What a name. Hmm. Or I should hack say slash. Hack Slash. Hack that's, slash that's an old yeah. indie that, book, though. Yeah, and, and it's a really great take. Um, it's, yeah, super indie, but it's it's about a character, Cassie Hack, yeah, who is the uh, the girl in the slasher movie that survives, and she becomes <laughs> BA, right? And yeah, and and then she seeks out to go get revenge on, on all the slashers. All the, the slashers, yeah. I vaguely remember that, that being like pretty cool. <laughs> so and um, she's got a she's got a bat that with like spikes in it or something. I can't remember what it says. Um, like a, a kiss me, 
like Lucille kind of thing going on. Yeah. Before Lucille. And what comic book is that? Hack Slash. Hack Slash Resurrection. Is it a is it a trade or just a comic book? There are trades of it. There are trades of it, yeah. There are a lot? Was it a long series? They uh, it was a lot of mini series, and I think okay. that there was a there was an ongoing for a little bit, maybe, yeah, maybe twenty twenty five issues. Because when I first started helping you guys out on Tuesdays, I remember bagging that thing up all the time, and then it just stopped. So yep. anyway, um, we have Jughead the Hunger number one. Um, we have Lady Mechanica Clockwork Assassin number three. Woo woo. Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, number 20. Yeah. Outcast by Kirkman and Azazeta, number 31. Saga, number 48. Spawn, number 279. And TMNT, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, ongoing, number 75. Which and I believe that's, Chris that's, is on that one. Yeah, he's doing like a third of the art in that yeah. one. Nice. And so. more Ace Duck. So, nice. yeah. yeah. Um, and then we are reviewing... Uh, oh, no, wait. I forgot we have graphic novels. Uh, art of the Pulps. An illustrated history hardcover. Batman, Night of the Monster Men trade paperback. Civil War II trade paperback. Grayson, the Supreme, the Super Spy, Omnibus hardcover. Hellblazer trade paperback. The Smokeless Fire. Uh, and that's a rebirth. I think that's, yeah, that's volume two of the rebirth. Uh, John Constantine series. Injustice 2 hardcover, volume one. Lady Mechanica, oversized hardcover, volume one. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers trade paperback, volume four. Nightwing Rebirth uh, Deluxe Collector Hardcover Book 1. Redneck Trade Paperback uh, Volume 1 Deep in the Heart. Rick and Morty Hardcover Book 2. Supergirl Trade Paperback Escape from the Phantom Zone. And Wildstorm, A Celebration of 25 Years. And Jonathan is spending even more money next week is what this <laughs> basically means. So um, the Wildstorm Celebration of 25 Years is like three-page stories by the original creators that did them back when they first started. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got J. Scott Campbell doing Gen 13 for a couple pages. You've got Jim Lee doing Wildcats for a couple pages. You've got, you know, things mm. like that, all from the Wildstorm universe. So um, I'm definitely getting that. Very cool. And then we're reviewing Clean Room next week. With Larry. With Larry? Yep. Yeah. Sweet. So we'll get Larry and, and Multiversity University all in one uh, shot. And Nick Cantrell will be on the show next week, too, because Johnny's going to gonna be producing again. Yeah. And Matt's going to be in Seattle doing the underground tour. Yeah, we're firing Matt because he lost episode 65. I didn't lose it. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It's up now. Yep. So um, for news, uh, we really don't have a whole lot. Um, the the most comic related news that I found is they added a one shot to the metal um, list of titles that's coming out um, and it's happening near the end of it and it's called uh, The Wild Hunt and the covers, it's got featuring art by Doug Menke, the, the cover art's insane, it's like it's got the demented Robin's dual guitar solo. So it's just, yeah, it's, metal. It's, it's, like Mad Max. it's metal, dude. <laughs> like when you look at the cover, you're just like, yeah, I don't know what this is about. Like Scott Snyder said, trust me. The reason we decided to add it is it'll make a whole lot. It'll just make the whole experience even better. So I was like, okay, at this point I'll take your word for it. So, um, but yeah, that's really the only comic book related news that I could find that uh, is like out this week. There's a few details on Green Lantern Earth one. 
Are there really some like they're finally putting some out on that? There's a writer on that. Let me see. Let me I see. can't remember. Keep talking, I'll get to it. It was um There's a, one of the things I we may have said this on a previous show, I can't remember, but uh Heather reminded me this past weekend that they're gonna Warner Brothers Records is doing a soundtrack to metal. Yeah. Are you serious? You didn't know? No. Okay. Yeah, oh I had seen it God. somewhere else and then she showed me Warner Brothers Records is putting out a soundtrack. No. Stop. Go, yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> Oh my anybody, God. Did anybody figure out what the song was that was in uh, in the bar? Heather, that, uh, well, Heather texted me and she said it's the Batman 66 thing with a rock or metal rhythm to it. Because he, so. he tweeted like the, the text bubbles were the chords to the song. Yeah. yeah. And it's also track B66 and it says it transcends death because, you know, I don't want to stay. Anyway. You guys yeah. probably didn't hear any of that. It's okay. No. Um, Johnny's supposed to be producing anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, did you find it yet? Oh, it's just an interview with the creators. It's uh, co-written by Hardman and Becko. Uh, Karina Becko and Gabriel Hardman. Yep. With art by Jordan Boyd. Okay. Be out in March. Nice. Okay. Just an March. interview if you want more details on IGN. Interview on IGN. Yeah. So, um, anything else? You guys remember? I would like to give a shout out to a really cool podcast. Um, actually, this one. So I picked up the graphic novel Wildstorm based on the review, and I was like, all right, go Horizon Comics. All Intense. Stars. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. I mean, it, uh, just kind of going back and listening to all the back e- uh, episodes, There's uh, it, it's been very helpful to pick out other books and get cool. everybody else's input. So if this is your first time listening and you're not quite sure what to think, just hang in there. There's there's a lot of cool stuff if you start going through the Did history. Did you just pick that up today, the graphic novel for The Wildstorm? I'll say yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Because <laughs> uh, I've been current on that, but, man, I, I'm probably going to, like, double dip, triple dip on that <laughs> series. Like, I love it so much. It's really yeah. good. So, anyway, do we have any questions? I do. I have a question from David I've got, Ramirez. I've got a couple also. Okay. So this is this is a long one. I'm going to try and blow through it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. From Dave Ramirez. This is me being a devil's advocate. After hearing last week's podcast and your discussion of Justice League's metal, you mentioned the list of one shots and tie-ins. One in particular called Bats Out of Hell, and how it has the big fight with the Dark Knights in that series. My question is: Do you feel that the fight should be in the main publishing, in the main story? Um, also, do you feel that you are more accepting to the tie-ins in the event over the Marvel events because they are just one-shot, single-issue tie-ins and a few miniseries, as opposed to Marvel's method of pausing multiple stories for one summer event? He says, "P.S. Hell, Captain Hydra." <laughs> uh, Dave, um, I love Dave. He says he's, and he also says. Uh, I do like metal, but I do feel like it's pulling a baby Marvel with that bat out of hell move. Here's um, look, I I want I want good storytelling at mm-hmm. the end of the day, and what what Marvel tends to do that really irritates me to no end is, is suck. They'll, yeah, <laughs> well, they'll they'll do they'll do they'll put a tie in. Uh, they'll they'll you know say put a secret empire tie in on a on a book that maybe will it'll be a that comic will be a completely different story and it'll have one panel that references that this other event is going on yeah it's and unnecessary. to me that's not 
that's not a tie-in. It's a it's a different story, and it's just a you know Marvel does cash the cash grab a lot more often, and and you know you take DC's metal, okay, um, you've got one shots, uh, half a dozen seven one shots that are one hundred percent completely dedicated to to the event, the the crossover series that they had that now. The fact that it jumps from book to book irritates me a little bit. I would almost like a four issue companion series. Mm-hmm. Okay. That just comes that out deals weekly. with this stuff. So I do have a little bit of an issue with DC on that, but it's not sprawling. It's, you know, the Gotham Resistance, part one, two, three, four. You get those books. Bats Out of Hell, part one, two, three, four. And you get that. It's two very quick, short crossover series. Um, everything else to, is one shot to take that and everything else is one shots it's not it's not a behemoth event like um like marvel tends to do with their books when you know a lot of the information you know a lot of the content in those books doesn't really uh pertain to the event it's and just it'll finish in six months money. yeah Yeah, but then also, and then again, you know, to DC's credit, you know, the 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 big series, the next big series that we have coming up, Doomsday Clock, twelve issues, no tie-ins, no one-shots, no, you know, at least right now, it's twelve issues monthly, written by Jeff Johns, completely self-contained. It will stand on its own in the end. It's not, you know, and it's probably the biggest story in comics in in fifty years. Mm -hmm. You know. Well, I'll say thirty years since Watchmen. since Watchmen, you know, but it will it will in the end stand on its own, and I I mean I respect that, and I haven't seen Marvel do anything like that. Yeah, I'm pretty much right there. Um, th- with with everything metal, uh, yeah, the 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 tie-in issues are actually tie-ins. They actually pertain to the story. The whole issue is dedicated to advancing the the peripheral stuff that's going on outside of the main story so far so with uh gotham resistance you're seeing how dick grayson got into metal issue number three that's his journey right right there right um we i'm i'm certain we're gonna see some battle in the main metal series but they probably wanted to go a little bit bigger without killing greg capullo since there's going to be a couple of double-sized issues and stuff coming from him um so and we'll see we'll see how they handle it yeah, we'll see how it dovetails with the telling of, of the story. I mean, because we've got a little bit of a break. Issue four on metal comes out in December, uh, December and that's after Bats Out of Hell starts. Mm-hmm. So I think that I, th- you know, I'm I'm curious to see you know how that all plays and how well orchestrated mm-hmm. that is. Plus, we have between- Batman Lost, which is. Partly the history of Barbados and how that all ties into everything. Right. So, and I the, Duke there. the signal. I'm not sure. I think that's December. Okay. Might not be November. I'm not positive on that. Mm. I just can't November. wait for the super like awesome omnibus that's going to come out of this in like six months. Like, oh my god! Like it. <laughs> like, uh, look, so. I jumped into metal, not caring about any of the tie-ins. I even told Roger, like, don't worry about the tie-ins. I just want to read metal. But then when I when I read a couple of the tie-ins and realized how intricate they were in the story, it only makes metal that much better. I mean, you, you could read metal without the tie-ins, yep. but I, it's definitely, you're not getting, it's kind of like watching, you know, a, a big screen TV, but somebody's standing in your way 
and you can't watch the whole movie if you're mm-hmm. not reading the tie-ins. I mean, you get the bigger you picture. Get the soundstone. Because <laughs> I enjoy I enjoyed Gotham Resistance, and I'm sure I'm gonna I'm sure I'm gonna enjoy Bats Out of Hell. I'm yeah. I look for I definitely look forward to the tie-ins as much as I do the metal issue. Like I want to read everything that this story has to offer, yeah. and it doesn't matter if it's in Suicide Squad or Teen Titans or mm-hmm. or anything. Like yeah. I'm I'm yanking them all and reading them, and it's it's flowing very well, very nicely. It's pertaining to the story, and it's not. Here's the one yep. little panel. No, of, it's uh, it's totally kick-ass because then it's it's also gearing up for what's going to happen. Like you you start to understand, like you know, even uh, uh, the Green Lantern, the Dawnbreaker, Dawnbreaker, like to to get a sense of how powerful he is, and it's just like ah, oh, I can't wait. Like it's so it's it's definitely a, a help for the for the series. Yeah, and it, it, and. To the same extent, it really builds anticipation because now you know how, how for each of these characters, how just off the charts powerful and twisted they are. And what we haven't seen the fights yet right now, everybody's been being pulled out by Dr. Fate. And so, you know, how, you know, you just with every week and each introduction of these new characters, you're like, how are they going to deal with this? Mm-hmm. How, you know, what, what is going to go on? So. Uh, me too. I can't wait to read these books. Yeah. Uh, the only thing, like, Chani, hey, hey uh, I'm allowed an opinion too. Matt can talk. So You're I want to talk. Producing. I don't I let, care. Let him go because yeah. Kayla doesn't really have much input. Right so now. the thing is, uh, DC's been doing it much better than uh, Marvel ever has or ever will. I just kind of wish that the dar- uh, the um, little tie-ins, you know, the drown and thing, they. I wish they weren't necessary. I feel like they're kind of necessary to really understand the metal, uh, you know, event. Because for me, if it was up to me, I would only read the event. And I feel like I, I was missing some stuff. I don't feel that the the necessarily the Dark Knights are necessary mm-hmm. because you're just getting their history. Right. And I just like it because it's just like, oh, my God, that's so messed up. Right. Like, well, you can only cover so much territory in 150 pages if you're looking at a, a six-issue yeah. series. That's true. You can only cover so much ground. And so if you've got one shot at telling this story and you want to really properly introduce these characters, this is the best way to do it. And it hits both Give readers each of them because a, some a people can read just the story and other people can delve into the one-shots and pull the whole thing in. So it's reaching, you know more diverse reading crowd right it's just uh when i read uh metal three uh we talked about it jonathan that i felt like i was missing some stuff because i didn't uh read gotham resistance and i wasn't missing too much but i felt like i was left out a little bit but um you know that being said they are doing it much better than marvel where these tie-ins actually they kind of do matter uh unlike you know the deadpool secret empire like a crossover or whatever um, the one panel per right. tie-in. Yeah. It's just when, like, Scott Snyder tweeted that picture of, like, oh, this is the order you should read them in. And I was like, his, mm. his board. Right, of- his board. Like, that's cool and all, but I don't want to, I don't want, like, homework. I don't really need an order. Oh, dude, it's stop. It's it is nowhere. No, no. <laughs> stop. You're yeah. done. I have a question for you. Yeah. Taking it back. If this hardcover omnibus comes out. Oh, my God. Talking to the mic. And it's not in chronological order. What are you going to do? I'm going to be so angry. <laughs> I'm going to be so angry. And that's but, where this whole series but will But so far, Jonathan. everything I've gotten from DC has been... In, everything from Marvel usually is in chronological order. But for whatever reason, they dropped the ball. 
So um, Johnny, no, like, did you hear about that? Like, uh, the I Am Bane trade paperback um, had uh, issue twenty three and twenty four of Batman, but out of order. I didn't hear about that. Yeah, Tom King tweeted about it. That's weird. It might have been a mistake. Maybe. All right, come on, Lou. You have questions, John. Yep. All right. Um, I've actually got quite a few, so buckle up real quick. Uh, so from Blake, if you could drown any character, who would it be? At the moment, Johnny. <laughs> um, is it doing it again? Twist the. I'm assuming he means like, like what Bryce Wayne did to Mira. I'm assuming that's what he meant. Or if you just but in, literally in just any drown universe or like Marvel, DC, or I'm a lover, just not a fighter. <laughs> right? I don't want to just not, like kill someone. He's probably being facetious. Yeah. Um. The other question he has is, how will you fill the invincible void once it closes? Are you happy it's ending or wishing another writer would take up the mantle and continue the story? I really don't. I know Robert Kirkman originally intended to leave it for some another creative team to come in and, and kind of keep it ongoing. But considering how I feel like it's Robert Kirkman's best work, I don't think I'd want anybody else to fill in those shoes. Um, a different story, if anything. Yeah, I... I not even. I would say just go with something completely different. Yeah. Because Invincible, well, in, it's... In the universe, don't yeah. do... Yeah, I'm don't, sad. Don't do... I I'm mean, sad it's, it's, ending, it's ending, but um, I don't know what I'm going to fill that void with just yet. I'm going to fill the void with starting to read Invincible. <laughs> there, there you go. I mean, you can always yep. go and read it. I want it, to, I want it to stand on its own. I want it to be yep. its own thing. Yep. And um, tell the story, let it be done. Because, again, that's such that's so atypical. Mm-hmm. Of of comic creations, so let it let it let it be done. Let it be a complete story. Well, if don't. you're not reading Paper Girls, that's a pretty good. Uh, <laughs> there's void a good filler. one. Yeah. I mean, it's there's there's plenty of stories well, out there from from the indie comics, and this is obviously Invincible is one of them. But to to have the story come to a close, I think is is totally epic, and to keep it going would be. Well, I think feel like that's something Marvel would probably do with it because yeah. it's a cash cow and not let it die, and then they would just. Beat the dead It'd be horse a disservice to the story. Yeah. Except for Fantastic Four. <laughs> Next question. Uh, this is specifically for you, Roger. Okay. How excited are you for Mario Odyssey? Oh. I'm pretty excited. I just, I, well, I mean, I've been, I've been filling my time with playing uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild and finishing up the EX Trials. I was talking about uh, that to Blake a little bit today. Um, Played and beat uh, Super Mario Rabbids. That's a great game. Uh, which is a phenomenal game. I love that. He's uh, asking because he just got a Switch. So I know, sure. yeah, I know. He told me that. Get Stardew Valley. Um, it's so addicting. So, I, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I hear it's a beast of a game. It's yeah. already almost getting perfect scores. God. Oh, nice. I need there's to get a, a Switch. There's some demos in Targets, select Targets. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll so, be, like, yeah. pushing little Timmy out of the way, like, it's my turn. Um, all right, so, uh, fun fun questions here uh, from somebody who we haven't heard from in a while. Aaron Candelaria sent a c- bunch of questions. Um, weird. Cool. He says, it's, <laughs> I've been away too long, and I miss you guys, so he's got some questions. He said, I had to step away from comics for a little while because life happens, and he put that in quotation marks. But I'm way excited to get back into it. What's the longest amount of time you've stepped away from comics? And in what way did returning to this medium uh, change for you? 19 years. And I ended up with a comic shop. (laughs) (laughs) So I think 
42 and a half. <laughs> I just started, and it's amazing. Well, so you haven't stepped away yet. Well, yes, I did. No. If you, if you <laughs> never started, you away, couldn't have, you away. couldn't step away. Mm-hmm. He was he was away before it was cool. Um, I I don't remember exactly when I because st- when I started I was like ten years old. Yeah, you know, and so I was infrequent as it was. It was hard enough just trying to collect, you know, a, a proper story arc yeah. just because I couldn't make it in on a regular basis. Um, but I think I stopped sometime in high school. Uh, because you know, focus on graduating and figuring out Life. what the heck you're, yeah, what the heck you're gonna do after you get out of high school. It was near the end of high school that I think I, I legitimately stopped reading. Um, and what brought me back was probably four or five years later. So probably four or five years because I graduated like oh two. Jeez. Stop. <laughs> and um, around like two thousand six, two thousand eight, when you know. Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy started and then when all the Marvel movies started rolling out on a regular basis. Right, right, right. That's what really like started like wetting my appetite again and it wasn't until like, 2010, yeah. 2011 just before the new 52 started that I came and found you guys and you were like, "Well, if you're going to do DC, just <laughs> wait because all this stuff's going to happen." And I was like, "Okay." And then I ended up pulling like all 52 <laughs> books when they first started. Right. So, um so yeah. Um, well, I do this thing where I'll—I don't think I've really taken an actual hiatus since I started last five years, but I'll go and I'll read comics all in for like months at a time, and then I'll just stop Same. for like four, five, six months, and then I'll jump back into it. Like I was just on one of those, and I've started reading again because well, everything going on with metal, and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I need to catch up. Need to catch up. When you do yeah. that, it's like refreshing. You just yes. Dive yeah. Back in. It's kind of nice having a good stack of. Comics I really to don't go know how the yeah. medium changed. I think it. I think it got better in a lot of ways with just how how the storytelling and and artists have quality. upped their game. Yeah. You know the quality, like, and then you have writers that you know seem to like really tweak the way they write to the medium like guys like Jonathan Hickman and and whatever so I think a lot of it or even just things like Day Tripper I don't think I ever you know would have appreciated that book you know when I was just out of high school or whatever so having something like that because that came out what 2010 2011 or is it more recent no it's like 2010 something like that but the comic series because yeah so I mean, you know, you get stuff like that. I, I, you know, I can't think of anything like that earlier that was out at the time. So, yeah, good question. Two thousand eleven. Um, another another one that he's got is uh, I love your enthusiasm and excitement for this new. Uh, he put the metal emoji metal <laughs> miniseries and I'm eager to catch up with you guys. Uh, do you prefer short and sweet miniseries like? Metal, or an elongated storyline like Invincible. Depends on if it's good or not. I depends on if it's I think there's room for both yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, there was there's no way you should have to pick one. Yeah, there's definitely I, room for both. I mean, the way that somebody like Robert Kirkman has sustained Invincible is you have very punctuated story arcs going through this, and then every so often you do like a really, even though it pertains to the larger one you do like a large one or a six a six issue or even he's had a couple of story arcs that are three issues mm-hmm. yeah you know and no events so yeah I no look, events uh i'm you know look i'm i'm really looking forward to doomsday clock and yeah. at the same time the realization that it's going to take a year for that story to unfold oh, and that i've got to wait a month you know in between issues 
it it hurts a little bit, but I, you know I'm I'm at the same but time for the I think quality. about I think about something like Mr. Miracle, you know that is monthly. We we're three issues into that now, and it's like okay, well, it's not that bad to wait a month, and especially if they're on time, you know. Yep. Then, and we've been spoiled it. lately because of this biweekly or yeah. you know the twice a month shipping yeah. schedule with a lot of the DC titles, so it's right. easy to like get large amounts of story in a shorter amount of time. But if we're going to stick with a singular creative team, especially if it's Jeff Johns and Gary Frank, yeah, I don't mind waiting. Just like I don't mind waiting with Tom King and Mitch Garretts. Like, yeah. uh, the, the, something about that, that these teams, when they come together, magic happens, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> I, just, I, I just better not pull a bras, Olivier, <laughs> next year. I know. I'm, I'm you gonna, and me both. I'm going <laughs> to – yeah. So – I'm um, going to do a do-over. <laughs> And then uh, he says, Disneyland or Six Flags Magic Mountain. So basically Marvel or DC. Disneyland. Disneyland. <laughs> uh, both for me. Both. For, if we're talking, I mean. If I want the ride, so it's Six Flags. Yeah, Come and on. it's cheaper. So than, than, than the but mouse. They were both free. But have you DC ever taken a sure. five-year-old to Disneyland? Because it's so much fun. Yeah, there's a certain amount of magic with that. There's more to It's too. so much fun. Yeah. I yeah. think that's what Marvel's playing on is they're just they're going off what people used to love and they're not really delivering to those people. So that's like going to Disneyland when you're five thinking it's the greatest thing in the world <laughs> and you go back when you're 35 and think, this place sucks. Because <laughs> it's a completely different perspective now. Now you're actually just got Diary of the Wallet and Marvel is following suit. <laughs> yeah. Pay all, all this right. money to wait in line. Um, so yeah, those are those are from uh, Aaron. At least Thanks, Disneyland Aaron. lets you brings in your water bottle. Six Flags makes you toss them. That's true. Did Carlos send anything? Nope. I, Carlos. Nope. <gasps> Lopez. It's okay. We'll get, we'll get no, this is unacceptable. He was, He's probably, been a staple of the show for so long. This is probably causing a lot of stress. He'll be on in like yeah. two weeks. So. <laughs> he better be. He'll be on soon. Yeah. So, um, guys, uh, if you. Like what you're hearing, please rate, review, subscribe, like, and share, all that stuff. Uh, do we have any reviews? Did anybody check and see if we had any reviews? We haven't checked. So I'm have assuming not. no. Um, we'll, we'll hit that up next week. Yeah. Uh, if you like what you're hearing and you want to go above and beyond, patreon.com slash allstarcomicspodcast. Dollar gets you on the exclusive – or dollar gets you on – get on as little as a dollar. I don't even remember what I say anymore. I've, like just – it's all gone out of my head. Uh, $3 get, yeah, the $3 gets you the exclusive content and like the, uh, uh, the, the dump of episodes all at once with multiversity batch. university. Yeah. Batch. I don't know. I was gonna say data dump, but it's not really data. Batch. Recorded well, batch. Episodes, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It gets you everything at, all at once uh, rather than being a cheapskate and having to wait for, you know, each week when Larry has his awesome multiversity university episodes tagged on at the end. So, um, do you guys want to keep up with uh, everything Horizon Comics? Like Horizon Comics on Facebook, at Horizon Comics on Twitter and Instagram. Kayla? I'm at Kayla Danvers on the Twitter and the Instagram. Johnny? Johnny 2x4 on everything? The Johnny 2x4. The, the Johnny 2x4, excuse me. Uh, Matt, who's also here, the Hydra 5-5. Five five. Uh, I am at St. Jonathan. Dusty. You can find it's Dusty at Horizon Comics at Books Horizon or Comics. sitting somewhere home reading. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for listening. Have a great week.
Welcome back to Multiversity University. I'm Larry. And tonight we are finally going to begin talking about the first actual comic book age, the Victorian age. Now, the Victorian age runs from 1837 to 1899, and it begins with the publication of the book, The Adventures of Mr. Obadiah Oldbuck, or as it was called in 1837, Les Amours de Monsieur Vaubois. Now, before we get too much into the Victorian age, I again am going to have to bring up something I discussed on the last segment, and that is a little bit of a disagreement with something that is in the Overstreet Price Guide. If you look at the article about the Victorian age in the Overstreet Price Guide, they actually begin it in 1646, and they have it run all the way to 1900. Now, that doesn't make much sense to me, because how can you call something the Victorian age when it begins nearly 200 years before Queen Victoria is even born? Also, how can you have a comic book age in which you have an oh, about 200 years in which there are actually no comic books published, in where what you're really doing is you have comic strips being published. So all of that stuff from 1646 to 1836 should really be in the pioneer age rather than being lumped in with the Victorian age. Then in 1837, when we finally get our first real comic book, that's when the Victorian age can begin. Now, the Victorian age, to me, is a really interesting area of research right now because it's one that's only recently been discovered, and there are a lot of comic books that are still being unearthed in that time period. Um, there are a lot of comic books right now that we know were published that we haven't even found any copies of yet, and the ones we have found, in many cases, there's maybe only half a dozen copies or so of them that still exist. That makes a lot of sense when you think about it, because what makes Golden Age comics so valuable is their rarity. And they're rare because very few people saved them. And before anybody started preserving them, they had 30 years where they were just kind of left out in the open and deteriorated. Well, if you think about it, the Victorian Age, these comics in many cases sat around for 170 years before anybody tried doing anything to preserve them. So as a result, they're extremely rare, and it's difficult to find a Victorian age comic in anything better than fine condition, if you can even find it at that. Uh, if you want to go with the CGC system, that's a 6.0 or less is the best you're going to find. Now, the Victorian age comics were very different from modern comics in a couple of ways. First of all, they were in black and white, or sometimes in other colors. They might be some kind of sepia tone or something like that, but they weren't in color. And that's because no one had yet come up with a way of publishing comics in color. The first color comics wouldn't actually be published until 1893, when Eastern Color actually came up with a way of making colored comic strips. Another thing about Victorian age comics is that they did not use word balloons. They felt that word balloons covered up the art. The only time you saw Victorian age comics with word balloons is when they were just a single panel cartoon rather than a sequential story, or if there was a some type of dialogue that was unimportant like a dog going woof or something like that. They might put that in a word balloon. But everything else was told with captions that came underneath the panels, which meant that Victorian age comics were told in a very different way. Today, our stories are told primarily through dialogue. Uh, 
But in the Victorian age, they were actually third-person narrative rather than being dialogue between characters. Now, also in, in the Victorian age, you didn't have comic book companies. Comic strips and comic books were published by newspaper companies, magazine companies, and in particular, humor magazines. They would often publish comic books as a supplement to their regular magazine. They, it was not usually one of their regular issues, but it was, a, uh, as I said, a supplement, something extra that you could get uh, through that. Uh, there also were no continuing series like what we think about as in comic books today. These were all just one-shots. And um, so it might seem like there were not a lot of developments during the Victorian age of interest to a modern comic reader, but there were. Uh, one of the things that we mentioned on the previous segment when we talked about the adventures of Mr. Obadiah Oldbuck was the whole idea of alliterative names for characters. Uh, another thing that uh, came about in the Victorian age was actually the term comic book. The first time the term comic book was ever applied to something that we would call a comic book was in 1851. There was a magazine company called Fisher & Brother that was advertising their comic books for sale, and they actually used the term comic book in that advertisement. That's the very first time we ever see that. Now, Victorian age comics, believe it or not, are relatively inexpensive despite how rare they are. And that's partly because they are so rare and so difficult to find that not many people are really trying to collect them. If you wanted to become a Victorian age collector, your collection is going to be extremely small and you are going to have to settle for comics that may not be in the kind of condition you normally want. The most expensive Victorian age comic book that you'll find is The Adventures of Mr. Obadiah Oldbuck, and you can get that for $10,000, which is a lot of money, but it's relatively inexpensive when you think about how much, say, an Amazing Fantasy number 15 that would sell for over a million dollars, or, of course, a Detective Comics number 27, which is creeping up to $2 million, or even an action number one, which is over three, and uh, has not been offered for sale since 2011 in near mint condition. We'll probably go for over $4 million today. So when you think about all that, $10,000 is actually pretty cheap. Now, the Victorian age ends in 1899, but the truth is that's really kind of a conventional dating. Uh, there really is no specific end to the Victorian age. What happened is that as we got into the 20th century, some of these companies that had been putting out Victorian age comic books began incorporating things that made their comic books look a little bit different than they had looked in the Victorian age. They began to become more platinum age comics. And so it was kind of decided that the way we would uh, delineate the difference in the ages is that we would say that the Victorian age comic books go up to about 1899. And then for those companies who continued to publish comic books after 1899, uh, who had also published it during the Victorian age, we would lump those in with the platinum age because they began to become more platinum age type books anyway. So the Victorian age is one that's often overlooked uh, in the past. These weren't even considered true comic books, although most people do consider these to be true comic books now. Um, but it's really an interesting age, and it's one to keep an eye on because it's the age where a lot more is still being discovered, and I'm sure there are a lot more discoveries to come. Thank you, and I'll look forward to our next episode.